This is the I Am Fortress podcast, episode 24. Welcome to my world. Today is December 31st, 2020, the last day of a crazy year. Genesis 3 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So, I want to get right into the word here. Um, first things first, it says Satan, the serpent, was more subtle than any beast of the field. And Satan took God's word and twisted it. He even went so far as to say, ye shall not die regarding eating the fruit of the tree. John 8 and 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. 2020 has been a year of fear, anxiety, lies, confusion. There has been a lot of junk that has went on in 2020, and I want to say, welcome to my world. My world is full of lies within, and my world being the world within my two ears. Between my two ears, and between your two ears, especially during this year. People that haven't dealt with anxiety before have dealt with anxiety this year people that have already dealt with anxiety have realized how stupid lies are this year. And yet we still believe them. That's why again I say welcome to my world. Welcome to a world where I've been lied to. I've been confused. There's been voices and I've chosen which ones to listen to for far too long. And they've been the wrong voices. That's what I'm going to go over today. The voice of God, the voice of Satan, and the voice of man. First Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeketh, I'm sorry, seeking whom he may devour. There is voices all around us. And we have to choose what voice we listen to. I was reading on a website recently. I can't remember really how many days ago it was. But it was talking about the different voices that we hear. And... 
The voice of God is accompanied by light, love, comfort, good things. And Satan's voice is accompanied by anxiety, pain, uh, doses of fear or anger, something like that. Anything negative, you can pretty much associate with Satan. Well, you can 100% associate with Satan because God is not going to give a negative emotion. He's not going to follow up whatever he has to say with a negative emotion. The only thing that may possibly seem negative, and that's if you're not in the will of God and you're not wanting to follow God, would be conviction. So a lot of people would be like, man, I just, you know, stole something and, oh, well, I feel bad about it. Nah, I don't worry about it. I'm just going to go back to keep on doing what I'm doing. You know, you're not living in the will of God, so it might come in a moment as an intrusive thought and then just, you know, to that person just seem like, well, I'm not going to give any thought to it. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. But for an individual that is following after God, it's comforting to know that we see when we're wrong. But, again, Satan, with his twisted lies, will try to take the Word of God and make it seem like a conviction, make it seem like something's going on that's serious or something from God. That's why we are supposed to test the spirits, try the spirits to know if that is God or not. And that's what I'm saying. If you have what you would think is conviction, but it's coming alongside anxiety, that's not God. That's Satan lying to you. If you're going to get a conviction from God, it's going to be, hey, look, you did wrong, but we can make this better. And it's a positive note. If it's from Satan, it'll be like, well, you did wrong. You're cursed forever. You're never going to make it. Everything that you've done wrong, you've had bad thoughts, you've had, you've made broken, you've broken promises, you've done this and you've done that, you're going to go to hell for eternity. There is no hope. There's a difference between the two voices. John 10 and 10 says, the thief cometh not but for to, to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm going to read from a little website here. Hope in the healing when your what ifs control you. Now, I've talked about Satan. I've talked about God in a very broad sense. But here we go with a little bit more of an in-depth way of viewing these things. And before I get into that, I want to just go ahead and say, I'll use myself as an example. When I had my huge panic attack in 2019 that has pretty much set the tone for 2020 for me and up until the last few weeks where... I really gained a lot of freedom thanks to the Lord really helping me, especially last weekend on on a Sunday. It was amazing. God really changed my life, my outlook on my own thought processes. And even through reading about this stuff, being at the fire department, being able to have a little bit of extra time to study and read and stuff like that whenever we have um, a day where it's not that busy, we don't have that many calls or something, we'll be able to chill out a little bit. Uh, and by that, I mean, uh, especially for me, I'll take some time to work out, take some time to study the Bible, 
or study something about God, I view it as an opportunity to make myself better instead of just, you know, sitting there or doing whatever I want to do. If I do something I need to do and take care of it, it'll help me in the long run. And it has greatly helped me. We haven't had um, too busy of a day on shift in a few days, so it's allowed me to really get a lot of studying in, and it's just been great. And that is a lot has a lot to do with where this lesson is coming from. And with that being said, again, this this study here about the voices that we hear is very important to breaking down my little world as I know it and making something better. <clears throat> so here we go. For me, when I had my big panic attack in September of 2019, it was just a thought process. That's what's so crazy. It was a thought process, but combine it with um, conversational anxiety and OCD, it created a whirlwind of an attack from Satan. And when it happened, it scared me because I worried about work. I worried about life. I worried about evangelism. How was I going to do everything if this thought was to be true? How could I how could I go forward? This this is this is what my career is based on. This is what everything's based on. And if or everything that I was going to do with my life, you know, for God, for my family, for myself, anything. It was it was all based on this one thing, and this one thing had been compromised within my mind. At that point, I was afraid and I literally just ran out of class. I didn't know what to do. And I got in my vehicle and I went home and struggled with myself the entire way home didn't know what in the world had just happened and it was terrible so after getting home still confused and it really led to weeks of confusion but here's the thing I had been rebuking Satan, thinking possibly that this was an attack from Satan that was just unprecedented, and it was. But the thing is, I gave the devil way too much credit, because after rebuking him, he left. I've got the Holy Ghost. I can rebuke Satan, and he shall flee in Jesus' name, and he did. But the thing is, the thought still came. Why? Because after hearing Satan's voice... Natural OCD and rumination of thought processes that I had began to ruminate over the thought process that actually happened because of Satan's influence. And at that point, it was me that was doing the damage. And it has been me that's been doing the damage for like two years. Because in all reality, all of this happened way before the panic attack of 2019 that I had. This was something that's been on going on through my life, but I just didn't realize it until 2019, how much it affected me. And that leads me right into what I wanted to show you here. When your what-ifs control you, hope in the healing is the website that this is from. Worry gives a small thing a big shadow. 
is a Swedish proverb. Worry can choke the life right out of a Christian, leaving them crippled with fear and anxiety. Real quick, I just want to let you know before I go any further, I'm not going to read this entire page. If you want to read the page, I can, I will put the link in the description. Hopefully you'll be able to copy and paste it or just directly click on it and go straight to the website. Did you know the old English origin of the word worry meant to strangle, even to ring, annoy, bother, and vex were some of the earliest versions of the word. And in 1804, it was defined as anxiety arising from the cares and troubles. I'm sorry, omit the from that sentence. Anxiety arising from cares and troubles. Is worrying a sin? The Bible doesn't come right out and specifically say so, but if we search Scripture, we will find that worrying is a clear indication that we are not trusting God with our problems. Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you, and He will never let the righteous fall. Psalms 52 and 22. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount not to worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Matthew 6 and 25. So to continue to allow worry and anxiety to dominate our everyday life is surely a lack of trust and confidence in the one who created us with purpose in the first place. Peter tells us to let God handle our problems because he cares. But looking at the rest of the verse, isn't he saying if we worry that we are fair game for the enemy? If we allow worry and anxiety to be a regular part of our diet, the enemy has gained a foothold into our minds, and little by little he will gain more control until we are easily devoured and deceived. That scripture that's being referenced here is 1 Peter 5 and 6-8. through 8. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he, might, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Remember that worry is a lack of faith and trust in God. If you do not trust God, then you do not know God. Spend time in his word every day. Take the time to pray every day and get to know Jesus who gave his life for you and promises you eternal life. And if you can trust him with your eternity, isn't it safe to say he can handle what you face today? I say that again. And if you can trust him with your eternity, isn't it safe to say he can handle what you face today. There is no reason for us to not have faith in God. Especially if we're going to believe in Him about our salvation. Last Sunday... I was greatly attacked by Satan. He really tried to get the best of me. But I kept going. And this scripture came to my mind. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. 
thou art mine. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. There is no reason on earth for you to believe Satan's lies or your own lies within yourself. There's no reason to listen to any other voice than the voice of God. And it says, you are mine. I have called thee. I have called thee by your name. There is no greater love than this. That a man would lay down his life for his friends. And that man calls you by name and says, you are mine. Isn't it amazing? A quick story from beliefnet.com. Mark is a volunteer firefighter in Ohio and also the only paramedic in his district. Usually Mark does not put on an air pack and actually go into a fire because he needs to be readily available to provide medical care. But when an unoccupied mobile home caught on fire recently and not enough firefighters had yet arrived, Mark decided to go in. My partner and I entered through the back door of the trailer, Mark says. Firefighters always travel in pairs. We kept low to the floor to avoid any superheated gases that might be higher up. Mark had control of the hose nozzle his partner was helping to drag the hose. Mark saw an orange glow, directed that nozzle towards it, and put out that fire, that part of the fire, easily. The men crawled through a doorway into a second room filled with furniture and items lying all around. Being in a fire is nothing like what they show on TV, Mark says. If you were lucky, you might be able to see the hose you were carrying. But the smoke is so thick that everything else is done by feel. And of course, you're wearing heavy leather gloves. Eventually, however, Mark located the source of the flames and directed water at it. But it just kept coming back. This told us that the fire was being fueled by something other than solid material, like propane or heating oil. It is still possible, Mark says, to contain the spread of such a fire by shutting off the fuel supply or wetting down the material around the fire. Mark assumed that those outside the trailer had already turned off the fuel supply, so he and his partner opted to stay in the trailer and keep watering the flames. It was about this time, Mark recalls, that I began to feel uneasy. At first, it was just a sense that something wasn't right. Maybe it was just his imagination, Mark thought, but the feeling persisted. Then he heard a clear male voice. Mark, it said, you need to go. Mark was astonished. The voice was audible, yet it couldn't be his partner. He was too far away to be heard, and an air pack distorts a voice. It's kind of a Darth Vader effect, Mark says. Not like this voice, so distinct and close it was almost at his ear. Nor were there any openings in the trailer where someone outside could yell through what was happening. A few moments later, Mark heard the message again. Okay, Mark said in his mind to the voice. I'll go pretty soon. Let me hit this a little more and see if I can get somewhere. The voice was not convinced. Mark, it answered in a no-nonsense tone. You need to go now. The voice did not sound angry that he had been ignoring it. 
Mark says. It sounded as if it was just giving me an urgent warning. Mark could disregard it no longer. He turned, motioned to his partner, and the two crouched down to make their way back to the first room. It was difficult due to all the debris strewn around. As they entered, Mark suddenly saw a tongue of flame enter the room and heard this terrible woof sound that all firefighters dread. It was a flashover, something that happens when the contents of a room are so hot that they can instantly explode, and just one flame can engulf a room in seconds. Gear might keep you alive for a few seconds if you're caught in a flashover, Mark says, but you will still be seriously burned. In fact, the survival rate for firefighters caught in a flashover is 3 to 5%. Get down, get down, Mark yelled as his partner hit the floor. Immediately, Mark aimed water at the flash flame and drove it back, just enough for the two to scramble to safety. Had they still been in the second room, or in the first room, for just a few more seconds, they never would have lived. As the fire waned, Mark thought more seriously about the voice. It had been a young voice, something like his own, firm but not intimidating, a voice that he instinctively knew he could trust and obey. And yes, he had heard it once before, when he was 17 and involved in a serious automobile accident. Wasn't it this same voice that had calmed him as he crashed, reassured him that all would be well? But how could this be? After the fire, Mark told a friend, another firefighter, about his experience. This man had served more than two tours of duty in Vietnam as a ranger, extensively involved in combat as well as a stint in Desert Storm. He immediately knew what Mark was describing. I heard that voice on a number of occasions, in fire and in combat. The veteran told Mark, and I learned to listen to it. The times I got hurt were when I didn't. I personally believe that I owe my life to whoever's voice that was, Mark says today. Maybe God... Maybe an angel. I don't know. But I'm sure glad they were on my entry team. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We can trust God. Only when our focus is on him and not our circumstances. Don't let the circumstances become bigger than God. And that's what I did. So I'm telling you this from experience. Don't let the circumstances, don't let your thoughts, don't let crazy stuff going on in your mind be bigger than God. Because they're not and they never will be. The thoughts in your mind that says you are condemned to hell for eternity for one little mistake. You'll never be able to repent. You'll never be able to ask for forgiveness. It's over. You're done. Those are the thoughts that the devil wants you to believe. Don't believe that everything that goes on in your mind is set in stone. It's not. It's just thoughts. Don't believe your mind don't believe Satan. Just believe the voice of God. Because the voice of your mind and the voice of Satan are voices of condemnation. And God's is a voice of salvation and comfort and peace. Welcome to my world. Now, your world 
has been affected by 2020. My world was affected before 2020 began. But I want to say, welcome to my world. And now, God, welcome to my world. Tear it all down. Tear down the walls. Let everything fall, as Sharon McKee says. Destroy my world and in its place build a world that is founded upon hope and joy. In 2021, welcome to God's world. A world full of light, liberty, a harvest season. Great things are coming. That's why my world's got to go. God bless you. Have a great rest of your 2020. See you next year. This is Lester for the Iron Fortress podcast. I'm out.